Today on People with Passion for Pets, we talk to Julie Montilla, the owner of Ace and Agility. Julie used her love for dogs and her passion for dog sports to create a new indoor agility center. So hello, Julie. Hello. So maybe let's start out by uh, talking a little bit about agility. Some of our viewers may not be familiar with the sport. Can you maybe just kind of describe a little bit what it is? So agility is a dog sport that the dogs learn all kinds of obstacles, like an A-frame, a dog walk. They go through a tunnel. They do a teeter, which when we were kids, they called a seesaw. And they go over jumps. And the thing about it is, it's not just all of these obstacles. They actually have to do it in a numbered course. Mm. So our job is to support our dogs and guide them through that numbered course. And I'm assuming because it is such a, a popular dog sport, it sounds like there's like a governing organization or some, some oversight from certain, you call it the circuit. So obviously there's a, an organization behind all of it. Yeah, and there's several what we call venues. So in other words, AKC has agility. So that goes by all of their rules, all their guidelines, all of the equipment has to be to their standards. And there's CPE, which is canine performance events. There's NADAC. There's all different venues for agility. And it's each one has their governing, you know, their rules and their guidelines. So how long have you been uh, doing agility? I dreaded this question. <laughs> I dreaded it because I have you to say, say a long time. That's fine. I, long time. This is actually my 40th year. That's awesome. That is yes. amazing. Isn't wow. it? So the only reason I, I, I brag about that is because back when I started uh, dog training many eons ago, um, I, I wanted to play with dogs. I didn't have my own and I just wanted to play. Well, back then they were really into punishment training and I just couldn't, I just couldn't buy into it. So I quickly diverted to agility because back then that was the only sport that I could see that I could find back then that didn't use punishment training. But boy, training has changed even in agility. It's really, really changed. Our first uh, way that we used to teach the teeter was to get our dogs used to being hugged from the side and we would walk them up the teeter, supporting them like that. We no longer do that. That's silly. <laughs> it's nice to see all of the changes, but historically, you will not see punishment training in agility. Not like hunting dogs historically use an e-collar. Some of the stricter obedience ones, some of them are still using e-collars, but we don't do any of that in agility. It's all fun. It's just fun stuff. That's exactly right, because it is it is fun. If it's not fun for it the dog, fun. why do they want to do it? I mean, there should be 15 tons of cookies and treats and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff around, because it's fun for everybody. Yes, and you're exactly right. What you're saying, that it's fun for everybody. A lot of people, when they start agility with their dogs, it's because they want their dog to have something fun to do, but they, in reality, get they get addicted to it. <laughs> because but they then, really are a huge part of that picture. I mean, it's actually a team. The dog doesn't just get to go out there and run amok unless you can get them to read the numbers on the obstacles. <laughs> they can't. Otherwise, the dogs would just do tunnel, 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 
tunnel because that's their favorite. So we, the people are a huge part of that team and they really become addicted to it. And it's nice because when the people become addicted, they're the ones that actually have the money (laughs) and the computer (laughs) knowledge to sign them up for classes. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's so and, exactly. and you know, so you made some really good points. So yeah. agility, and we, you know, on our show, we had a couple of other dog sports. And I think agility is probably the one where the handler it also gets the best workout, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> they do. Especially the faster your dog is. Mm. The faster your dog is, the more you have to move. And a lot of people will start at, and I don't know why historically it's the Aussie. I guess it's because they tend to, they're little Velcro-y dogs. And they'll say, Julie, why is my Aussie so slow? So here's just a quick message for our audience. I'd just like to thank each and every one of you for listening and supporting our podcast. And if you can, I would like to ask you to take one or two minutes to rate and review the podcast. This will allow us to reach more people with passion for pets. Thank you so much for your support. So I tell them to race their dog to a point and their dog runs really fast. That's the key. You move faster, your dog moves faster. Very cute. <laughs> yeah, it it's is pretty really, crazy. It is really cool, though, to watch, uh, watch agility because you see the people, all shapes and sizes and types, and their energy is fun. I mean, they no matter how big or small they are, their whole energy is the same and it's, it's fun. And the dog sees it fun and the people it's fun. And it's just really good energy and an agility sport. Yes, I agree. And I think when you mention other dog sports, the thing about agility is that a lot of the skills that you get in agility transfer to other sports. So like, for instance, they learn body awareness. Body awareness is huge because if you can imagine you have a ramp that goes up and across and down, and the dog has to navigate that. If they don't have body awareness, in other words, their back legs, the back legs are going to drop off. So in the foundation skills, we do a lot of that body awareness so that they learn that they have back legs so that they don't do that. That body awareness that they gain from agility when they go to do things like the disc dog, they're a less likelihood of being injured. The first week I tell them their homework is to make their next walk an adventure walk. Look for things to, for your dogs to jump on, to go around, things like a big rock, get them to jump on it, find a picnic bench, get them to walk across it, things like that, that they actually are gaining confidence and they're learning about their body. They're learning how their body works, especially those back legs. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, what, what do I start? How do I train my dog? To me, it's all about those foundations. I mean, those obstacles, everybody wants to get to those obstacles. However, it's the foundation skills that make those obstacles safe. Everything that you learn that puts, them, puts your dog in the air, a dog walk, a teeter, anything that puts them in the air, you want to practice skills on the flat which is what we call flat work, you want to practice it there so there's no accidents up in the air. And that makes a really good point, right? If the dog panics or doesn't like a board or something like that and they jump off, oh my, it's two inches. (laughs) Yes. And I do, even for the dog walk, we, we actually put a plank on the floor and let them run across that plank. And if you see any time those feet are dropping off of that, you know they're not ready to go up into the air. 
And that's what we don't want. We don't want people going, I have my dog up in the air because then when they start to hesitate, their dog hesitates. Yeah. We want them just to run across it confidently and the people to feel confident in their dogs as well. Yeah, it's funny, you know, a few years back, we had to get a a, a ramp for one of our dogs mm-hmm. to be able to get in and out of the car because he was becoming a senior dog. And uh, that's what we did. We just put it on the floor, you know, rather than right? just trying to get him up right away. We just put it on the floor until he was comfortable with it. And then we put it up a little bit and then, you know, eventually up to the car. You was actually teaching him agility and didn't even know it. <laughs> but, you know, funny because my dogs, because they do agility. I have no problems if I was to use a ramp, like after a surgery or to get them into a wash tub. Oh, they see a ramp. They just climb up it. No problem. (laughs) So it does help with those other little things you wouldn't even think about. Yeah. Day-to-day things that they need. Yeah. How about your dogs? Tell us a little bit about what kind of dogs you have. Well, my dogs, again, when I started in agility, I didn't have any dogs uh, that I brought home and fed and supported the lady that was that I trained under she had border collies so you know historically border collies used to own this sport it's really quickly changing lots of other dogs are coming in and showing their stuff but so she had border collies that I was running so I felt like they were my dogs but I didn't have to feed them or clean up their poop or any of that stuff so I took six of her dogs actually to world which was beyond phenomenal. So then my first dog was in 2019 and his name was Ace. Can you imagine how I named my business? (laughs) But so he actually qualified for world the year that he passed and he was a Bernice Mountain dog, which Bernice Mountain dogs historically don't do agility, but he was a madman. (laughs) He loved agility and he was so fast. He was so much fun. So much fun. He was so much fun. I got a second Bernice Naughton dog, but since those two have passed, my current dogs are, uh, I have a Bernice Naughton dog. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Bernice Naughton dog named Chance that he's actually a certified search and rescue dog. He does agility, but he's a goofball. He's like just there to entertain people. So he doesn't compete in agility, but it's definitely been good for him for body awareness, for confidence, dog behaviors, all of that stuff. It benefits all. Then I decided I wanted to run a golden. I wanted to run a golden retriever in agility. One of my idols has a golden, so I got a golden. However, I admittedly got a lemon. (laughs) She is so broken. At four months old, she had her shoulders done. Mm. Then she had an emergency um, on her female stuff. So she's just now getting out of rehab. So she's actually just now starting Agility Foundations. And I'm telling you, Agility Foundations is what it's all about. As far as her rehab, it's sped things up so that she does. I don't have to spend so much on her hydrotherapy and all of those things because of the things that I can do in agility. It's pretty crazy, but look for her. She'll be out there soon. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, let's talk to, let's talk about the, um, the benefits of doing agility, but getting them to do something, especially agility really helps with behavior issues and, and uh, 
it just gets people outside. And how do you see, how do you see that when a new person comes in with some behavior problems, maybe? A lot of people say, oh, I'm connected with my dog. We have a bond, but you know what? Nothing like when you go to agility, nothing like it, because your dog looks to you for literally everything, everything to do. All of their instruction in agility comes from you. The mental stimulation that you get, which is really, really good for naughty dogs, right? Not just physical, but mental, because all of these obstacles, again, they're not just obstacles that they just get to go hit them. They have to do them correctly. So like you said, the dog behaviors, think about it. So something like what they call, I just call it the table. Some people call it the pause table. And what it is, is a big table that the dogs have to go to. They have to lie down on it for the judge to count to the, the count of five. So they have to be there in a down while the judge says one, two, three, four, five, go. So imagine what your dog is practicing. First off, it's that impulse control. The other is they're practicing their stay and waiting for their, waiting for their mom or dad to release them, which that's huge. It's huge. So even it, how to start out in agility, they start out at the start line. We want to be able to sit our dogs and be able to get a head start because our dogs are really fast. So if, if we can get our dogs in a sit stay while we go get a head start and then we tell them when to start, yay, we're like that much farther ahead of them. So for instance, the A-frame, uh, the dog walk, even the teeter all have, do you see how they're painted different colors? Have you ever noticed that? No, they're like half yellow and half blue. They're half and half like that because the bottom part is the contact point. Your dog has to hit at least one foot in that contact point for it to be marked. Otherwise, it's an NQ, which is a no qualify. They can't just get on and jump into the blue. They have to go into the contact part on the on part and the off part. So they have to learn this correctly. The teeter is critical for the contact because if they was to go running on the teeter and it's pointed up and they just jump off, they can actually get hurt. They have to get on that teeter and ride it until it hits the ground before they can get off. How amazing is that? But all of these mental skills, these dogs, they normally go to sleep in the car on the way home. They're like mm. passed out tired. Yeah. That is pretty funny because when we do the training, we try to explain the mental stimulation and it's people think they need to run their dogs 50 miles. Like, well, all you're doing is teaching your dog to run 50 miles, work the brain and the dog will nap all day. And that's exactly. you know, mental stimulation is so important. Exactly. And this, you get both. How much better can you get than that? You get both of it in one day. And you get the uh, physical exertion for the human too. So the human gets mm -hmm. outside, they get to build that bond because that's, that's exactly right. You build a bond and the dog relies on you to look at you and say, what do I do next? Instead of, right? okay, we're, we're buddies, but nobody listens to anybody. So they really rely on that. That's so we cool. get, And we're getting that mental and physical as well. We're getting the mental because we do have to, well, and actually funny because they have this little study that they're working on right now that they're proving historically more women do agility than men. I don't know why. I guess it's just because they're like the nurturers, nurturers, <laughs> like of the kids. So now they've taken over with the dogs. So there have these studies that are proving that women have less likeliness or less incidence of Alzheimer's. 
Oh, well. Do agility with their dogs because they have to actually learn those maps. Mm-hmm. And when you can learn that map and memorize it, you're keeping your brain just like a crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. That, perfect. that is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so again, for our viewers that want to come and check out Agility, um, is it like a weekly class that you offer or how does it work? So the way that it starts is typically they start in an introduction to agility class. And that is a four week, four one hour sessions. So like if you sign up for a Sunday at 11, it'll be Sunday at 11 for four weeks in a row. Yeah. One whole hour. Everybody leaves exhausted. But what we do in class really and truly starting day one is get, we add value to you and the obstacles. Because the hardest part about agility, believe it or not, is not learning the obstacles. That's the fun stuff. The hard part is it's not always their turn. They don't (laughs) like that. So I start them. Yeah, I start them. Everybody has a station. So it's a table or a cot, something that they go to when it's not their turn. And week one, all the dogs are a mess. It's just typical, (laughs) you know, there's dogs in the classroom. There's other dogs I want to greet. I like that lady over there. I like her hot dogs. So that's the way to, but they keep doing that. And by the second week, the dogs have settled in. By week three, all of the dogs that are on the stations are sitting properly waiting their turns. By week four, we're dropping the leashes and the dogs are staying with their people on those stations until it's their turn. It's pretty crazy. Um, are, is agility something that any dog can do or are there certain requirements? So I like to say any breed of dog can do it. Not any dog, certainly because of physical limitations. I have had tripods in class and they do perfectly fine. However, if your dog is overweight, that's definitely something you'll want to work on. And we can do that in agility class as well. We just don't want them jumping full jumps when they're carrying some extra weight. So it's something I can help with to get them on the right track. But even older dogs, yeah, even arthritic dogs. Again, remember the hoops, uh, the tunnels. Those are things all the dogs can do. And a lot of people think when they have arthritic dogs that their dogs don't want to move. But actually, that movement is good for those joints. It's good to have them moving. Not doing full big jumps, but all of these venues that I was talking about earlier, they all have... um, a category for veterans, which could be the dog or the handler, which means the jumps get lowered, things like that, so that they accommodate that. How about very young handlers? Do you have a lot of children mm. that are in agility? Before I came to Phoenix, um, my last place that I had opened up, I actually had a junior handler class. And I haven't offered it here. However, I do have one junior handler right now in my in one of my classes. She's 15 and she is amazing. She's absolutely amazing with her dog. She has a little Aussie and they're doing incredible. So yes, um, I say not under 10. Okay. Kind of 10 is like that, but always with a parent there, of course. But also dependent upon the dog. If they have a dog that tends to be Velcro-y and does well with the kid, bring them in. So is there some way that people could volunteer maybe? 
they're all dependent upon volunteers. So anybody that gets to that point where they think, oh, I might want to go to a trial with my dog. I might want to do that, but I'm I'm way too nervous. That's the best thing to do is to go and volunteer. They have people from leash runners that take the leash from the start line to the finish line. They have people that are bar setters. That's not really tending a bar with alcohol. (laughs) It's actually when the height changes, right? When the height changes, like for the eight inch dogs to the 12 inch to the 16, they reset those bars and it's all volunteers. Oh. And they will take you. They don't care if you're competing with your dog or not. You raise your hand to volunteer and the yes, yes, yes. They'll give you free lunch a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, that's awesome. And yeah. I'm assuming, you know, of course, we have a lot of viewers that are not here in the Phoenix area. But if you just Google Agility Club, there's going to be all kinds of things coming up for, you know, different areas, different states. Oh, every state has them, I'm sure. Every state. Excellent. That's great. We're going to be sharing your links in the description below. So they'll be able oh, to perfect. find your website and your Facebook page. Perfect. Well, Julie, thank you so much. This has great... been uh, just a, a great interview. Have so much great information that uh, our viewers will enjoy. And Yes, thank you so much. It's been fun talking with you guys. You guys really it get nice. it. You really do get it. <laughs> oh, thank Where's... you so much again. Oh, thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. We're Jim and B. Walker, and we share the adventure of life with our dog Apollo and Heidi. For more adventure videos, check out our YouTube channel, Modern Canine Vlog, or visit our website, www.mcs.dog. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.